You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. All right, welcome back to episode two of the 49 Carats Podcast. We're back. We are ready and we had a great first episode. We're so excited to be back with you guys. I'm Angelina Martin and my co-host is Stephanie Sanchez. Yes, we are here. We are ready. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug our Twitter ads just because that's where most people know us from. I'm at Angie Sunshine with three E's on the Angie. And I am at Stragosaurus. S-T-R-A-G-O-Saurus. <laughs> Perfect. We have really complicated Twitter usernames. I know. I mean- <laughs> so we, we should get on that. But um, yeah, we're excited to be back for our second episode. Our first episode was recorded, I think end of January. So we're going on a monthly basis here, but we got some great feedback from you all. Um, We had like almost 6,000 viewers tune into our live stream. So thank you so much for for caring about this for some reason, because we had fun. What did you think about our first episode, Steph? I mean, I think it went great. I listened to it a few times. I mean, just, you know, because we're so hilarious like that. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for the second episode. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, you know, run, run down the agenda, what we're going to be talking about during today's episode. Um, as usual, well, as our first episode started, we're going to do this month in 49ers history. Uh, I feel like when the season starts, we'll do this day or this week, but right now there's not a lot going on as far as history because it's the off season. Uh, and then we'll shuffle into 49ers news. So there's a lot that we need to talk about that we haven't talked about because we've been gone for a month, but obviously there's some coaching changes, um, some some depth signings, and uh, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what free agent moves we're hoping for this offseason, and of course we are going to get into the Twitter tizzy, so that will be fun to talk about. There's always <laughs> something going on on Twitter. <laughs> Our favorite. Yeah. So this month in 49ers history is kind of a fun one. Um, we're going to take it back to 1991. So I, we actually talked about this on the timeline a few weeks ago, which is funny. You, you dropped the, the photo. Mm-hmm. And so we'll tweet the photo again so people can kind of see what we're talking about. But in February 1991, which was 30 years ago this month, the 49ers announced a major logo change, which as we saw with the Rams this season, that can be something that kind of divides fans and um, can either go really well or really poorly. In this case, it went really po- uh, poorly for the 49ers. Um, they nixed the design after just six days due to backlash. So really quick, before we get into the backstory, you've seen this logo. What do you think of it? Right. I mean, it's it's a nice change of pace, but I could totally see why people didn't like it. And it was actually hilarious because when I posted the picture of, I think it was from like when they made the announcement, people were just giving their comments on it and a lot of people were like, no, like, I'm like, oh my God, like I had no idea because in 1991, I, I think in February of 1991, I was still in my mom's belly. So (laughs) I had no idea people were so against this damn logo. I mean, I didn't think it was that bad, but yeah, I was just an egg. I was still an egg when this came (laughs) out, uh, when this logo was released, but It's funny because rebrands are usually something a team does when they're not doing well. They're trying to engage the fans. They're trying to give them something to be excited about. But that wasn't the case with the 49ers when they unveiled this new logo. Um, Just the month before, they had lost in the NFC Championship game while pursuing their third consecutive Super Bowl. So this wasn't a team that was, you know, looking to re-energize its fan base or anything. It was kind of just a random decision, which makes it even funnier to me. Um, They had it designed by Stevens Wright. He also designed the current Buffalo Bills logo that's still being used to this day. So you would think like, yeah, you would think he knows his stuff. But um, when it made its first appearance during a February 13th press conference, 49ers fans immediately flooded the organization's office with phone calls saying how much they hated it. There were a lot of reasons for that. Um, For one, it said 49ers. It didn't say SF, which... Mm -hmm scared a lot of people because they thought maybe they would be relocating in the near future and that's why they were changing the logo and then for others which we saw when you tweeted it out um 
it's just plain ugly. Uh, I thought this was funny while doing research on this. I found out a Bay Area advertising executive at the time described the new logo as goofy looking, according to a report in the San Francisco Chronicle, and that it resembled a sign advertising onions at 49 cents a pound. So, <laughs> yeah, if that Jesus gives you Christ. a visual. And I think I kind of agree. Like the font. I could see it. Yeah, I think it's the font that really gets me. It, yeah. It's just a funny looking font. It's... I'm not against spelling out 49ers and leaving out the SF. That doesn't bother me, but the, the font needed some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a font like that used. I mean, granted, it was the 90s, but it was a very 90s font, but I've never seen that yes. like used <laughs> for a sports team, which was really funny. So yeah, long story short, unsurprisingly, they pulled the plug on the logo after just six days, but allegedly... Um, there's some memorabilia that did hit the shelves before they pulled it. So I feel like that would be really cool to find one of those old pieces of 49ers memorabilia and like own that. Probably with a ton. Yeah. Would you rock it? (laughs) Ironically. Oh, I would rock it. Cause like, I think we were saying like as a shirt or like on some merch, it'd probably look pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. No, I did not on a helmet. (laughs) Yeah. Not on a helmet. Like I feel like a, a quarter zip with like, the logo right okay. here would be kind of Trip. swaggy. Oh, I just said swaggy, dude. Burn me at the okay. stake. <laughs> We're saying drip now. Yeah, it would be some real nice drip. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> just going to stop. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, I will say this, though. I, I am, like, it, it's kind of funny to see how they could, how fans could bully a franchise to doing something yeah um, we should try that again was this (laughs) yeah Yeah, 49ers fans definitely don't bully at all at this point um maybe that was like one of the first instances of cancel culture they canceled the 49ers logo yeah let's go not only 49ers history but world history we're talking about here (laughs) our power yeah (laughs) (laughs) our power cool so I guess we'll just move on because, I mean, unless there's anything else about the logo you wanted to talk about. No, it's hideous. I mean, let's it's hideous. Keep it moving. Leave it in the past. <laughs> they tried. I don't know why. I think it's safe to say the, the 49ers logo as is is perfect. It's been perfect forever. So just leave and it. They, they, yeah, and they really haven't changed it in mm-hmm. like a really long time, and I don't think they need to. It's just one of those like classics. Yeah, so front office, if you're listening, um, the 49 Carats podcast believes you should keep the logo as is. Forever. <laughs> cool. You know so, what I do like is a saloon font, though. I'll say that. Oh, oh who doesn't? Classic. Put it on everything. Yeah, I do I, love I would that. tattoo that. Yeah, I love yeah. it in the end zones. Like, yes. whew, gets me hyped. Yes. All you would get it tattooed? Zones. Is that what you said? Yeah, I would totally get it tattooed. Would you, would you get 49ers? Yeah, on my ass. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But no. yeah, like, it, okay, if I got a tattoo, I'd, I'd want it to be something that's not super, like, cliche 49ers tattoo. Um, definitely don't want to reference the Super Bowls because I just think that's a little corny. Personally, pe- I mean. What, what about the people that got um, LIV Super Bowl champions, oh, like, tatted on them? Oh, God. L-I-V, more like R-I-P to you. Cover that up, ASAP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I saw you do a poll on Twitter about I, uh, 49ers tattoos. How did that turn out? It, You know, it was actually a lot more even than I thought it would be. So 48% of people said yes, and 48% of people said no. And then 4% said they already had one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so so that, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, at it's all. pretty it's, 50, it's dead even. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad it wasn't 49, 49, and two. I know. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> just too perfect. <laughs> I think I would I would do it. Maybe. I don't know. I think I voted no. Well, I'm sorry. Did you? No, <laughs> yeah. you're good. I mean, a lot of people were like, no, never. But then some people would never get a tattoo to begin with. So they, right. you know. It's and then skewed. some people, right. And then some people said, if they win another Super Bowl, which I okay. think that would be me. That yeah, just like hell yeah, you gotta do Super something to celebrate. So <laughs> yeah, right. uh, personally, maybe I would get the 1991 revamped logo tatted on me just for kicks and gigs. 
<laughs> right. Uh, all right. So moving on to 49ers news, we recorded this or we recorded our first episode January 31st. That was the day. So obviously a lot has happened since then. And mm-hmm. there's a lot that had already happened, even that we didn't really get to talk about since our first episode was more focused on getting to know you girls. And something else that happened this week was that Adam Peters has been promoted to assistant general manager. Not assistant to the general manager, (laughs) but assistant general manager. Yeah, I had to make make that that office reference. That was too funny. (laughs) I loved it. It was perfect. Yeah, and that was so recent that I didn't even like write it down in my notes. So um, that's a super recent uh, promotion and kind of, do we think it's a little telling? What do we think about that move? It's how often do teams do that? Yeah, I I definitely think it was interesting, but I think, you know, both Adam Peters and John Lynch bring different things to the franchise. Like Peters, as we know, is like integral to the 49ers success in that he's the key to scouting and really like the talent eval. And John Lynch is, as we know, like the face of the franchise, right? Like, and he's great at speaking to the media and I feel like the media loves him. Like he's very transparent and refreshing as a general manager. And so I think people like that, but I think again, like that's John Lynch's strengths. I'm not sure he's as strong as uh, a talent evaluator. So that being said, like, I think them joining forces really kind of gives you the the best general manager there ever was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think like about that. it like that. I didn't yeah. even think about it like that. So I'm glad you put it that way. Um, also, John Lynch is a Hall of Famer, so that he's got that going yes, for him. Yeah, that that's recent news as well. And he's, yeah, he's been waiting for quite some time for that yeah. to happen. So yeah, it, deserved deservedly yes. so. Um, and I know a lot of people when this move was first announced wondered if it could mean that John Lynch is potentially on his way out as GM. Um, but you know, that, that's one possibility that they're kind of prepping, uh, Peters for, for moving up. But at the end of the day, he had the opportunity almost to go be a GM somewhere else. So it's kind of like a, thank you for staying, please stay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I I totally agree. I think it could be a a precursor to things to come. And, and also I think they were a little scared there that the Panthers almost snagged him away. Yeah. Uh, they ended up hiring, uh, I think Scott, I don't know how to say his last name, but they, they, hired, they hired some <laughs> other guy. So lucky for us, like we're able to keep Adam Peters, but in order to keep him here and happy, you know, I think they made the right move. And then, like I said, it, it could be a precursor to things to come. Like, if he were to garner interest as a general manager again, which, you know, he's that good, he could. Um, I think the 49ers might consider um, promoting Peters to general manager and then maybe having Lynch uh, take some, like, president role. Yeah, something fluffy and fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, just something that, you know – that he can flourish with his strengths, right? Because, yeah. you know, like I said, he's great as a face of the franchise. And so, you know, definitely. don't let that go to waste. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we know that there has been a huge coaching staff shuffle. Um, I think yeah. they've lost along the lines of 10 coaches this offseason. And so they have been hard at work to move some people around, do some promotions, hire some new people. Obviously, the domino that fell that started this whole thing was Robert Sala going to the Jets, taking their head coaching position. Um, And he also took Mike LaFleur with him and hired him as his offensive coordinator. So that's what started this whole, I guess I'll use the word again, shuffle. Um, What are your thoughts on Sala leaving and taking Mike LaFleur with him? Well, I mean, I think for some time now, maybe like the last couple of years we've known that Sala was going to eventually get a head coaching position. Um, and so I think that gave the team some time to really think about their options. And so I think in the recent hirings that they've made, 
I feel good knowing that it was most likely um, a well thought out decision to hire some of these people. Uh, so, I mean, I feel good about it. Obviously, Sala deserved to be a head coach and, you know, I'm going to be secretly rooting for the Jets' success, right? Who is Never thought I mean, I'd so say bad. that. That's so weird to say, but... Um, They're like the new I mean, Browns after last season. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, there'll be a team that uh, people will want to cheer for. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people like Solid too. I, I do think that losing LaFleur is, you know, may hurt a bit, but at the same time, I think... Uh, Mike McDaniels is ready to step into a, a bigger role. Yeah. Their names are both Mike, so their work, <laughs> you know, they can't be that different from each hand other. Hand in right? hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that you mentioned you're going to be rooting for Sala this, this season because I will be as well. I mean, not only the obvious connection to the 49ers, but to see, you know, the first ever Muslim American head coach hired, you just have to, to root for him and, and hope that he does well. And it's kind of exciting that he went to a team that performed so poorly last season because, you know, if he does bring them back um, to, you know, their better days, we can be like, that's our dude. He did that. So <laughs> that's exciting. Um, so obviously because of all of that, they, they announced the promotions of linebackers coach D'Amico Ryans to defensive coordinator to take Salva's place. And then, like you said, run game coordinator Mike McDaniel was uh, promoted to offensive coordinator. So that kind of brings us to our question of we, we went from this, what a lot of fans consider to be like the best defensive coordinator in the game and Robert Sala to now a first time defensive coordinator and Ryan's. Do we think that there will be a regression in the 49ers defense because of this next season or this season? Yeah. Um, I, I like this question because I don't think people are really talking about it enough. Um, and like, first, I just want to say, like, I do like the move to promote D'Amico Ryan's, you know, he's an in-house guy. He, he already has familiarity with, uh, the scheme that Sala was running and he pretty much saw him build it from, you know, from the ground up pretty much in San Francisco and the players know him and respect him. So I, and, and again, like they knew that Sala was going to be leaving for some time now. So I'm pretty confident this was a well thought out decision to promote him. And, you know, obviously they felt that he was ready to take on a bigger role. Yeah. That being said, though, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> but like, yeah, but I am personally like I do expect some sort of regression. And I don't think that fans are thinking about that enough. Like, I, I think that we should expect a regression. And I would hope that uh, the 49ers not expect it, but at least prepare for it. And I, I think they have a bit. Like, they they have made some hires that have given them uh, a lot of support or making sure that Ryan's has a lot of support around him. Um, they hired Clay Kubiak, who is the son of Gary Kubiak, as yeah. defensive quality control. And then they also hired Andrew Hayes Stoker um, under the same position, defensive quality control, which is interesting because yeah. um, Hayes Stoker actually comes from the offensive side of the ball. He oh. he was actually most recently the Bucks wide receiver coach. But they like to do that, right? Like um, they also do that on the offensive side of the ball. They kind of have someone who has experience on the opposite side of the ball to kind of serve as like a consultant of sorts and like a okay, handling. Like, yeah, like a, like a tandem and help for like game planning and all that and adjustments, yeah. which like, is huge. Like and, Corey Underland. Yes. And, and Solo is really good at adjustments. And so I think having those new hires is going to really help Ryan's, but there's things that some fans may not be thinking about enough. Like the fact that Nick Bosa is coming back from an ACL tear. We can't just expect that he's going to be the exact same player that he was in 2019, as much as we hope that he would be. Um, and then, on top of that, you have several players who are going to be free agents, particularly on the uh, in the secondary. Mm -hmm. You have Verrett, who last year was the shutdown corner, 
We have Sherman, who for the past few years has been uh, a mentor and like a teacher to, uh, you know, the younger players. And then you also have Tart and Quan Williams. All of these players are potentially gone. Like they might be leaving to the Jets, right? So uh, I think those are things that fans aren't thinking about enough. And, you know, I'm a little skeptical that they're going to have the same success right away, especially because for a first-time coordinator, there's going to be learning pains and growing pains and adjustments to new responsibilities. So, Well, I mean, we saw that when Salah came on. You know, he was not who he is today when he first Mm -hmm. came on. You know, people were calling for his head. So even if Ryan's gets in there this season and it, you know, doesn't go quite our way and it's not a great season defensively, that's not to say he's going to be a terrible defensive coordinator because look what Salah blossomed into in this organization. Um, The fact that you know, we lost 10 coaches this offseason just proves that this is a place where coaches can thrive and grow and become like coaches that every team wants on their team. So um, I think that'll be a challenge for fans to not like judge him right from the get go. But like you said, there's a lot of support around him. Um, You mentioned a few names. Another one is former Giants defensive coordinator, James Betcher. He has, uh, I think like three seasons under his belt as a defensive coordinator. Um, He's going to be just in that senior defensive role. So he'll really be there to help Brian's out. Um, And like you said, it all depends on who's healthy, who stays. um, And that's going to play a huge part. You know, like if the, if the defense can stay healthy, we saw it was a good defense this season, even without Bosa, but it just depends on what happens in free agency, who they decide to keep or who they can keep, you know? So I'm not jealous of the guy. I feel like it's a very uncertain situation that he's coming into, but I think he'll do well. Yeah, I think so too. And like I said, they put the support around him. And so I think we should expect that there's going to be a period of figuring it out um, as he goes but I expect that that will be a much shorter time than, than Salah's period of figuring it out because Salah also had a much worse uh, defensive roster. To, <laughs> to yeah, <work> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> so that is true. You know, yeah. So Ryan's does have the benefit of having, you know, a better roster, even if there are going to be some changes. Yeah. I really hope that Bosa comes back strong, but like you said, mm, it's me too. I mean, it wouldn't be his first time coming back strong from an injury, so. Right. I think it's it's mostly, like, mental. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a big mental hurdle that, that comes with, like, those season-ending injuries. Right, and especially you gotta in ACL. Have, yeah, and you've got to have, like, be able to forget it almost. And Which I think he does. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I'm, I'm hopeful. We'll, we'll when see. you're the best in the game, I feel like it's easy to – kind of have that confidence in yourself that you will be back and who knows, maybe he'll be back even better, which would be terrifying for other teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can hope. I'm, I'm definitely going to be hopeful for sure. Yeah. So some other 49ers news that's happened recently is uh, we saw some, some depth signings. Um, we got chosen Rosen. He's, he's coming <laughs> back. It all worked out. The season is saved. What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, I think, I like to have him. I think he's going to be intriguing during camp. I think it'll be someone that the fans are going to want to see, like how his progress is going along. And I think he'll just mostly be competition, if anything. I don't expect him to have a significant role. But, I mean, that's the fun in having him on the team because you just never know, right? He, He could blossom into something, and we'll just see. Yeah. Um, what's going to happen with the rest of the quarterback room? <laughs> like, do you, do you uh, think they'll bring Bethard back? Like, what do you No, Not a chance. <laughs> not no. a chance. But crazier things have happened. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I actually, but, yeah. I have a to be declared on like signing free agents and I have Bethard in all caps <laughs> with a question mark and an exclamation point. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I mean, because we know that uh, for whatever reason, like Kyle likes him. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But and I then, ob- 
obviously they signed uh, Tabor Pepper. That was fun. We love him. Yeah. He's he's fan a favorite. Yeah, he's a fan favorite. Um, long snapper is like a really important position. We don't want to abolish that. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> we obviously it's needed. So, um, what about River Craycraft? I know that's your guy. Is that my guy? <laughs> no, when, I think we like to pretend it's our I guy. Think, I think everyone does because what a just what a great name, you know? Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> and it was just so fun when he would like randomly do something last season where it was just like, oh my god, <laughs> we would all hype it's him up. Craft so. sighting. Yeah, yes, no, for exactly, sure. exactly. It's like um, seeing like a wild animal like out of his natural habitat or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like an endangered species or something. Yeah. But obviously the the biggest uh signing, depth signing is Jeff Lesson Jr., my RB1. Um I was super stoked for that. I was not super stoked to see the picture that he posted on Instagram today. Um where he's <laughs> dead. Tell us about that. Yeah, tell he's- us about that. Dude, I love him so much. Like, he's so pure. He was just decked out in Gucci. Like, Gucci shirt, Gucci belt, a Gucci coin purse attached to his belt loop. And the caption was like, I don't do this often, but, like, I wanted – I don't remember what exactly what it said, but he just wanted to flex and, like, respect. But, Steph, was it drip? Oh, man. No, I don't don't think it was drip. And this is is a good lesson – um, in that, uh, money doesn't buy you drip. Yeah. But really you know does. what? He's got money because they signed him. And, um, I think that it's going to be interesting next season. I, I love the guy. I want too. them to give him the ball as much as possible. He's strong. He's fast. J J W J R B one. If you haven't seen me tweet that. And and uh, FYI, Steph is the resident drip judger at 49ers yeah. Goldmine. So I had to I had to bring it up. And then um, co-judge is, is uh, Jason. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The drip, <laughs> like yours and Jason's drip combined is too much. TMTH. But what do you think about uh, JWJ? He's back. I, I love it. I think, you know, I'm on team, you know, don't resign running backs but this was one that i was in favor of one because like it's a pretty affordable contract exactly and then two i think he just has you know really good upside he showed last year that he can handle a bigger workload and i think moser proved that he can't you know yeah i think he gets hurt often and so i'm looking forward to them being one a and one b uh, next year yeah I'm not sure who's gonna be the 1a I'm not sure it matters I I just know together they'll both be successful and hopefully Moser can stay fresh and healthy yeah yeah and that's kind of what we're used to with this you know run heavy offenses you know there's usually a couple guys that that lead the way and so they're definitely going to be those two next season mm-hmm so what about the free agents that they have yet to sign? Who would you who who is your 49ers free agent? <laughs> I feel like this is an obvious question, but <laughs> if you had to pick one of them for them to sign, who would you pick? Um well, obviously from our pending or the 49ers pending free agents, I mean obviously Trent Williams is the big one. And I think that's everyone's big one right um aside from that i would say Verrett. like he's my number two um, priority for sure how about you that's that's my one and two (laughs) as well i also have hider on there but i feel like hider yes i feel like um if it doesn't work out he they can use that 12th round pick on you know to replace him um Mm -hmm. i've been saying they're gonna they're gonna go that route for like a few months now since everyone's been talking about how they're going to draft a quarterback. And I'm just sitting back like, they're going to go DE. Like, (laughs) I think like they do every year. They do every year. So, you know, that would be, that would be probable. Um, So yeah, let's, let's talk more about what we want to see from free agency this off season. Obviously we would love them to sign Trent Williams, but you know, he's going to what, bring he's gonna call for 20 million a year or so I think that's the estimate so 
I think that if, if they make changes and, and shuffle things around, they can afford it. But I think other teams might be able to swoop in and offer him something a little more tantalizing. Yeah. And, and that's my concern. Um, like I was trying to tell myself that I wouldn't be concerned over his contract. They'll get something done, but we're now a month away from, you know, when free agency opens and I haven't heard anything um, besides Matt Mayoko's article from a couple of days ago, which said that fans shouldn't expect um, the 49ers to re-sign Trent Williams, Jason Verrett, and I think Juszczyk, and I think he had another name on there as well. And so that was a little concerning to me. Um, I mean, for one, I was expecting that they would wait to hear what the salary cap was going to be like this year, which we literally just heard this last week. So, which is 180 million. Um, COVID. So I think, I think they were waiting for that number before, you know, making any, any decisions on those big contracts, which, you know, they had every right to do and it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but after seeing Mayoko's article, like I am a little concerned now because if Trent Williams hits free agency, he's not coming back. Like there's right. just, there's no chance. We already know that the 49ers aren't a team to get into uh, bidding wars. And there's, there's going to be so many people interested in him. We're talking about, you know, the best top three or the, yeah, the, or the best, um, one of the best. Yeah. Uh, left tackles in the league right now. And there's a lot of other teams who have way more money than the 49ers do and, and they'll pay top dollar for him. The 49ers won't. So I, if I'm the 49ers, I would offer him a contract. He can't refuse right now while you can. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, Everyone puts a lot of emphasis on quarterback, obviously, but left tackle is arguably maybe the the second most important position on a football right. team. I yep. mean, I know that's that's debatable. Um, I know you think it's the kicker. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Polish if you go, if you don't way. get the joke, we're just kidding. That's not <laughs> that's not fact. I want Steph to sue me for libel, but um, yeah. So. I hope to see him back. I mean, I think that when the 49ers first got him, I think that pretty much everyone thought that they would do their best to keep him on again this season. Um, I would hate for it to turn into like a rental situation like Emmanuel Sanders, even though, you know, he came partway through the season and we made a Super Bowl that season. But um, I would hate to see him go. It would, it would be not only sad, but detrimental to the team. So. Yeah. And, I think about this a lot. The fact that they went from Joe Staley to Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. You you don't, I don't want to say they're lucky because they traded for Williams, but you know, you, you don't get that opportunity often to go from like an all pro to another all pro at the same position. Yeah. And, and so, I just... yeah, I like, I, <laughs> I don't know. It would be a shame, like you said, for them to not make an effort to keep them. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? They If they don't keep Williams, maybe Joe Staley could pull a Tom Brady, a Rob Gronkowski, come out of retirement, just like maybe with like a bionic hand or something. <laughs> that guy is so skinny now. Have you, have you seen recent pictures of him? You he know looks what? like I, he could play tight end right now. I want to say, yeah, but I don't think I have. I'm going to have to go he look. Looks, he's so thin. That always happens with yeah. with the, the linemen. They always lose a bunch of weight when they retire. But right. so obviously Trent Williams, big, big one. But uh, I know you mentioned Jason Barrett earlier. Yes, he, he would for sure be my number two. And just because there's, like I mentioned earlier, so many um, members of the secondary that are hitting free agency, like at mm-hmm. least get one of those guys back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they have to at least get one and okay so if they don't get very i would say choice number two would be witherspoon people are gonna hate on me for that but i freaking love the guy like do you? okay yeah i do i i think when he came back at the end of last season he kind of like proved himself a little i he think did. there were, yeah. were a lot of doubters and he played really well um which is good for him going into free yeah. agency i don't know i'm not a good numbers gal so i don't know exactly like what 
kind of contract he would pull. But I mean, if you can't get Verrett, maybe go Witherspoon. But then I, there's more cornerbacks and free agency from other teams that we could talk about as well. <laughs> yeah. And I think that Witherspoon is going to garner some interest from, yeah. from the Jets for sure. Because I think if there was anyone who supported Witherspoon in his time here, it was Sala. Yeah. So I, I think he's, he's probably gone, but you never know. Like you said, he, he might come uh, cheap, you know, so. And the 49ers <laughs> need cheap. <laughs> Why was I going to say that? They're like bargain shoppers. Because we are one. But <laughs> total bargain shoppers. But not, not that there's anything wrong with that. But, you know. No, not at all. But that being said, um, some seemingly affordable cornerbacks that they could get this offseason from other teams. I wrote some names down um, do from get? the Panthers. They could go after Rasul Douglas. He's not okay. not the best option but uh i feel like he performs well in his own heavy defense which they're probably going to continue um and like i said he's going to be affordable and he comes from the panthers who did not have a bad year last year so i feel like that could be a potential pick um there's also troy hill from the rams and he will be he'll be cheap as well and he was i know we don't like PFF is an end all be all, but he was ranked 11th. So it's like, that could be a cheap get that could potentially, you know, fill one of those, at least one of those holes that they're losing from the secondary. Um, what are some, some positions from, or players from other teams that you would like to see the 49ers go after in free agency? Yeah. Well, before I even go into my list, I, I do want to say that I am looking for, well, yeah, I just want to see who the Rams release because I just expect them to release a lot of players, um, being that, you know, they just got Stafford and they're mm-hmm. in cap hell. Although, you know, in the past they've – I don't know how they do it, but they somehow manage even with always being in cap hell. But, um, I wish I, I understood it better. Yeah, me like, too. I need, someone, like, <laughs> I need someone to give me like a cap lesson and like a contract lesson and how they make it work. Cause I'm just like, okay, yeah, cool. They signed that person. Cool. Like, right. I never think yeah. about the numbers until, you know, recently, like with, with everyone in 49ers goldmine being so smart, I've learned so much, but I'm still like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm always like, oh, wow, they signed that guy. They're fucked. And then yeah. like they, they end up being okay. I'm like, what right. is this? Like, okay, so obviously we know the 49ers just operate like a little more conservatively, yeah. which is fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the Rams will probably drop or, or even trade some people. And so uh, obviously they wouldn't trade anyone to the 49ers, but I am looking forward to seeing who are some – the dominoes that will fall there yeah well Um, even like every team (laughs) yeah no (laughs) like rams aside it's such a unique season because so many people are gonna get the boot cut yeah (laughs) i mean it's 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 terrible but you know that's what happens with the lower cap yeah exactly he crumbles exactly and so i think a team like the 49ers are kind of just waiting to see what's gonna shake out and i think they're they'll pounce on some of those um cheaper players those affordable they they like to get people who have i don't want to say struggled but have like underperformed in other teams and people who they came as a scheme fit who they can mold into a better player um and they've been successful doing that um so a couple names that I like well one uh I think Richburg is probably um likely to be cut from our end for the same reason just the cap and also that you know he hasn't been able to stay healthy he's up there in age so I think they could look at uh, a replacement in free agency and just a couple names that come to mind are Alex Mack from the Falcons and Corey Lindsley uh, from the Packers. Those are two completely like different uh, options because Lindsley will be expensive 
He's young. He's probably one of the better uh, centers in the league that are that will be available. So, you know, the 49ers, if they're interested, they won't be the only team. Uh, so if they want to be aggressive, they can go that route. Uh, but there's also Alex Mack, who, you know, is also up there in age, but he could be had for cheap for that same reason. Yeah. And we know that he has uh, – he has experience in the Shanahan offense. He's uh, worked under Shanahan before. So that's something that Kyle definitely covets a lot. And so that's an interesting name. Yeah. Uh, and then, that would be, I think that would be a great, I think that would be a great pickup. Yeah. I mean, I think just they, they can't do worse at center than last year. They were kind of just like putting anyone they could in there and Brunskill didn't do so bad, but you know, I think they'll they'll want to get someone else, someone that actually plays there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about let's let's start How there. about that? <laughs> yeah, no, oh, definitely. I'm, I'm I'm not a fan of playing people out of their positions, and I would think the 49ers maybe aren't either. We'll see. Yeah. Um, well, I want to. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have more? <laughs> I do have more, but Damn, wait, girl. there's more. No, I'm not, they're just. So I'm also thinking about a uh, wide receiver and obviously they, they have Debo, they have Ayuk, and you also have Kittle who can be seen as like, he's as effective as a receiver, right? He's just yeah. an offensive weapon, but. And Craycraft. <laughs> and Craycraft, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, who else do you need? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I do think that there is a need for some depth and in particular, like a slot receiver, or and or someone who can return um kicks and yeah big time so cordell patterson might be an option for them um also willie sneed uh so two names that i would be interested in and then if they don't want to get someone who contributes on special teams or maybe they want to get that in the draft they could go richard higgins or keelan cole those are other uh receivers who can play out of the slot yeah like we said so much depends on what they do with trent williams and then you just brought up the draft like there's so many ways that things could play out they could they could draft a wide a wide receiver you know so um and they have a lot of see what happens yeah they do and you know ayuk worked out great so <laughs> yeah, I, I love him. I think he's going to I mean, I think he already is the wide receiver one, right? So Ooh, Debo Debo got something to say to you? <laughs> no, I mean I I think he, he would agree. I agree. No, I agree with you. I'm just giving um, you shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it, it's gonna be an interesting group if you know, they could all stay healthy. And oh, yeah. Even if Garoppolo is healthy, if he's a starting quarterback, like, I, I want to see what he can do with Ayuk. Well, we know that Kyle Shanahan can scheme those guys wide open for him. Exactly. So, and we know I'm well, in 2019, he could hit them. So, here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. <laughs> I want to talk about something that our colleague, Hugh Tomasello, brought up um, in a 49ers Goldmine article. And the title is Bring Alden Smith Back to the 49ers. Ooh. It's a great article. Um, it was something I was already thinking of, you know, when I heard that Alden Smith had signed with the Cowboys. I was like, oh, maybe, you know, after he gets a season under his belt, he could come back. Right. Um, there's, no, there's no arguing with the fact that Alden Smith is an amazing player. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen with Kerry Hyder. Um, we we don't know what's going to happen with D Ford, but we kind of know that he's probably not going to happen next year. So I think, um, Alden Smith, I think I agree with Hugh that it would be awesome to bring Alden Smith back and he would be cheap compared to what else is on the market. Do you, do you think he market. would be cheap? Cause I'm not, I'm not sure. I he, think he because played so well last year that I'm, I don't know. He did, but I think, I mean, I guess he did prove that, he can go a season without getting in trouble, but I think there's still that, that stigma and like the thought that he could be a liability and he could, he could be a waste of money that might get in trouble and not be able to play, you know? Um, 
And I think that players that play for Shanahan, they kind of get a fire lit under their ass a little bit. I think Shanahan's a really good coach and players want to play for him. So I think that he he would keep himself out of trouble in San Francisco as well. I think I think he's turned a corner and I think he would I think it would be so cool to see him back and I know a lot of a lot of fans love him um despite his his past. So what do you think about it? Yeah, I think so too. And it, it's interesting because when I retweeted Hugh's article, um someone tweeted back and and said like bringing him back to San Francisco would be a terrible idea, like from the standpoint of being a former addict, like putting someone back in, uh, you know, that uh, environment, but in the same environment that, yeah. they, you know, they struggled in, like not smart. And I, I don't know if I could speak much on, uh, speak much to that, but um, I do think that we have a much better culture now than we did back then. Definitely. And sorry for saying we. So I, dude, <laughs> I did it like four times this episode. And I'm like, I'm just, whatever. I'm not going to correct myself. Like, I'll just be embarrassed when I listen back. The guys it. hate when we say we. I know. <laughs> no, 49ers. 49ers have a great um, environment, I think. And just, it's a very tight-knit group. And so I think, you know, in that regard, like, I wouldn't be too worried. And like you said, he's he's proven now for quite some time that he can stay clean. So, yeah. And I don't want to talk about like uh gossip or anything, but weren't a lot of his problems when he was on the 49ers because of conflict with Colin Kaepernick. Oh, do you remember that? It was something about like cap stole his girlfriend or something. And oh my God. that was like the same, like, yeah, that was when Smith like ended up crashing his car and like, I, that's what I heard allegedly allegedly I do allegedly yes I do remember hearing about that and like so I have the worst memory in the world and now but now that you're saying that I I do remember and it's the same girlfriend that Kaepernick he has now yeah (laughs) (laughs) so hey it all worked out but Kaepernick is out of the picture the 49ers like exactly worry about that (laughs) yeah it all worked out like Kaepernick is still with the girl Alden's back in the league like everything and he's gonna maybe he could come back to the 49ers who knows but just interesting to think about I would love him here I think that would that would be such a dynamic group like Bosa and Alden Smith on the other side dude don't I just got goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) like I mean you talk about some of the like possible regression like adding him on the other side would totally even that out. Like if there was any concern about Bosa and not being as effective, like having Smith on the other side would just totally negate that concern for me. Yeah, no, definitely. Remember when it was the Smith brothers? Oh like my God. on the la- dude, dude, <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> dude. That, I mean, it was a great, it was a great duo. Like, yeah. and they, they just fed off of each other. And that's why it's so important to have like those two edge rushers because Mm -hmm. just that alone impacts like everything on the defense. It it really goes a long way. Yeah. And if they don't get Smith, we know they're just going to draft one in the first round. So, (laughs) so looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We are getting into our favorite segment. It's the Twitter tizzy. Woo. So um, if you didn't listen to our first episode, which I don't know why you would listen to the second yeah, without listening that? to the first, don't do that. Go back and listen to the first one. <laughs> but this is where Steph and I, uh, we're Twitter fiends. So we're on the app a lot and a lot. people get in their feelings on Twitter. And so we like to talk about it because it's part of 49ers culture. 49ers Twitter plays a huge role in being a fan, really. So um, this week, we're talking about how Matt Mayoko just moves the timeline. <laughs> um, so, Power. yeah, NBC Sports 49ers beat reporter Matt Mayoko, he wrote an article and the headline, is, uh, this was on February 11th. The headline was, why no 49er should be off limits in a trade for franchise quarterback. And so... Obviously, we know that Matt probably felt the need to write this because of the timeline, talking a little bit about, like, who would you give up for a franchise quarterback? In this case, Deshaun Watson. And so 
Uh, we heard <laughs> we heard Bosa's name brought up, which was never even really a thing, but like somehow it got brought up. I think there was like this someone that tweeted it just without like just for no reason, basically. And so that set everyone off. Um, but as soon as Matt Mayoko came and said, <laughs> no player is untouchable, no player should be off limits. That's when that's when things kind of went crazy. What did you see on the timeline? Were they in a tizzy, Steph? <laughs> they were sure in a tizzy. Um, I mean, okay, I was in a tizzy, like, yeah. just on my own, because I was like, oh, shit, he knows something. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because a lot of people were referencing also a former tweet of his from when uh, Buckner was about to get traded. It was after... Oh Eric Armstead had had gotten his extension and uh, Miyoko tweeted something along the lines of, I'm not sure if they'll be able to pay Buckner now. And then it's so funny because if you go back to that tweet, um, one of the first responses that you'll see is me asking him, why are you saying this? <laughs> oh my God. Why would you say this? It's never going to happen. Why are you saying this? That's so funny. <laughs> but no, I, I remember even back then, like, because when Mayoko says, says something, it's with purpose. There's there's something behind it. Um, he doesn't just say things to say things. Um, so I definitely had some concern back then. And so when he was saying this about a Watson trade and uh, Bosa potentially being part of it, or not just – Bosa, but just anyone being untouchable, um, yeah, it, it threw us all for a loop because we're over here thinking this has got to mean something, right? And we start – it's like that meme of, like, <laughs> the board, and he's like, what What show is Conspiracy. that from? Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He has, like, the board, and he's like, yeah, that was totally us. We're just like putting together things that aren't even there and oh, just yeah. based off of this tweet. It's hilarious. Everyone actually. was like, he's preparing us for <laughs> them to trade Bosa, Kittle, and Warner, all three of them, for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> like, I swear, I think I saw I that exact it, tweet. Uh, I feel attacked. That was probably me. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Uh, no, I mean, obviously we know that the 49ers would never – obviously trade away three of their best players. But to me, the conversation of trading away one of their best players is a no brainer for me. And that's kind of what Matt Mayoko was talking about in his article. It's that no 49ers player should be off limits when it comes to a franchise quarterback. And I understand that Nick Bosa is a, a a franchise defensive player, (laughs) you know, he's like our JJ Watt, but I would rather have a quarterback and that's just my opinion. You can attack me for it and you can say I'm wrong, but at the end of the day, it's just an opinion and neither of us are right because we're not the front office. So um, I agree with Matt. And I think it was really funny to, to see how everything just like set on fire once he tweeted that article out and how the conspiracy started. (laughs) (laughs) It moved so quickly. Like you couldn't keep up with the timeline. And I think it was like on a weekend that he, he said that too. Oh, yeah. Everyone just had the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did actually want to go back to um, something that Mayoko said about uh, Jimmy and his no trade clause. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. He actually mentioned something about him today which um, today is february 21st it's the 21st so someone asked does jimmy g really have a no trade clause i've been hearing that some and matt mayoko said yes he has a no trade clause he's due 25 million i believe he'll be the 49ers starter this season but in capital letters by the way (laughs) but if there were a trade possibility he would almost certainly waive the clause otherwise he would not get that kind of money so how do you interpret that? Because like as soon as he tweeted that, people were like starting to interpret it like differently. immediately. Yeah. Exactly. And differently. Every- yeah. Um cuz <laughs> cuz someone took that to mean like it was Matt Mayoko saying Garoppolo is definitely going to be the starter and I think he uh he had to correct some people. 
Well, even, at the end even, of- even Adam Schefter had a crack some people. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was funny. And then that started the Deshaun Watson train all over again. But, you know, it's funny because even if, even if like, yes, your, your view is that he is 100% going to be the 49ers starter, that tweet still said a lot because yes. it means that if he were to hit the market, he's not going to receive as much money in a contract as the one he currently has, which by default means he is not currently playing to the ability that his high value contract would require. So that coming from Mayoko was kind of interesting because he's kind of, in my opinion, I know people interpreted it differently, but in my opinion, he was kind of agreeing with the, the idea that, that, Jimmy Garoppolo is not quite the player that his contract assumes he is. Definitely. That that's what I got out of it too. Um, and I mean, it's pretty obvious that if someone else had a trade offer for him, Garoppolo would accept um, because I think a part of him doesn't want to be here anymore just because like we were talking about in, in the last episode, there's already been so many times that this team has tried to upgrade from you. So at some yeah. point you're thinking to yourself, well, well shit, like I, you know, why do I want to be here then if you don't want me? Um, so I think there's some of that. And also the fact that uh, Matt Mayoko said he would not get that kind of money. He right. knows he wouldn't. Um so that that was interesting to me because it just I think some of us have been saying this for a while that we know that uh, Garoppolo's trade value isn't very good right now. And yeah. I think to me, like this kind of just confirmed that again, we can interpret this many different ways, but that's what I got out of it. Um and so he it's almost like Jimmy would he wants to be traded. He doesn't want to be cut. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because that's exactly yeah. what the tweet means, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and um, again, it's crazy that some people wouldn't see it that way. Like, I'm not sure yeah. how they read it, but I, yeah, that's what. And I want to. I want to rewind because obviously injuries do play a huge part in this entire Jimmy Garoppolo conversation. It's. I mean, the guy went to a Super Bowl. He can get. He can do a well enough job to get a really good team to a Super Bowl, but you know when when you're injured as often as he has been in these first few short seasons um that obviously decreases your trade value and your value overall as well and and not knowing how that ankle is holding up we they went completely quiet on us towards the end of the season as far as his injury and they mm-hmm. they still really haven't spoken about it so uh, we don't know how serious it is we don't know what other teams are looking at his ankle like and thinking no I don't want any part of that so um, I didn't want to just be on here saying that he's not worth his contract just because of his play. Obviously a big part. Injury is a big part. There's a lot that goes into this, this man and his contract. So, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that for sure is part of, part of it. And like, how do you, what do you make of the fact that they haven't really said much about his ankle? Because I think to this point, there's just been a ton of speculation. And at the same time, we've been hearing, oh, like the 49ers want to stick with him. Like we've been hearing all of these reports, right? But we haven't heard anything about his ankle specifically. And if it's, you know, is he going to be okay? Like, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think there's so much to make of it. And now that, you know, it's been a while for me to think about it because I did have one really strong opinion about it at first. And now, you know, as time passes, I'm like, oh, maybe it was because of this. Obviously, anyone with eyes and ears can tell that they kind of went hush-hush about the ankle injury. Now, is that because he didn't want to come back and risk re-injuring himself and and decreasing his trade value this offseason or his overall value? Um, so was the injury not as serious as people made it seem or was the injury more serious than we thought and they wanted to keep it quiet again Both not to decrease his trade value <laughs> yeah so it's like You're right yeah <laughs> it, it all 
kind of centers around trading him, which is interesting. Why else would they keep it quiet? Like if he's, yeah. if he's our quarterback next, unless they don't want fans to be scared about his, like, I don't know. So I thought it was super interesting. And I think there's like, again, 49ers fans and their conspiracy boards. They're out. <laughs> They're out with that one for sure. Yeah. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so going back to the Matt Mayoko thing and just tying it all together, I think at this point, he has set off both sides of the argument. And that's what I think is so funny about it. All the anti-Jimmy people kind of wrangled behind his tweet about uh, Watson and how no player is untouchable. And they took that to mean that they're definitely trading for Watson. And here, 10 days later, this <laughs> this tweet saying like uh, about Jimmy probably being the starter has like set off the pro Jimmy people into saying like, see, like he's going to be the starter guys. Like, yeah. It's just funny. Like, and it just kind of proves that we're all just speculating and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and we're all really just wasting our times. And it's like, um, will we ever know the truth? You know, I don't think we will. And I think no. that's, there's not a lot of, leaks that we know of you know at least we don't see them as leaks it's more so just like yeah and they could be leaks and we just they don't could know be it. leaks yeah <laughs> and it's just like reports here and there but you know fans will take the take that to mean like however they want you know so. yeah right well you know at the end of the day twitter is always in a tizzy so <laughs> and that's yes. that's just the way the cookie <laughs> that's, crumbles that's the beauty of it so there were a couple of Twitter tizzies um, recently that I think we want to talk about in this episode. So we'll talk about our second and final one. There was this, the sentiment on Twitter that if you're a, a Jimmy Garoppolo hater, then you need to find a new team to root for this season. Take it away, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean – my response to that is like I'm I'm not a fan of any one player. So if if that player stays and I don't like that player, I'm still going to be a fan of the team. Exactly. Um, always. Also along with that like if I have a favorite player and they happen to leave, I'm still going to be a fan of the team. Like I am a fan of the 49ers, not any one player. And I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Our own Jordan Belfort. Um, so what constitutes a hater? Hmm. Well, I mean, to me, I, well, to some people, being a hater just means you criticize a player. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. and that's just to me that's not what it is at all. I mean, every people are like these players are playing a sport that is always going to be uh criticized. Like there's always going to be something that people analyze and have opinions about and that's just part of the game. And so I think some fans become a little sensitive to that and if you have any criticism for a player that they like, they automatically go like, why, why do you hate them? Like, you're such a hater. Like, Oh my God, I'm just telling you what I see and what he needs to improve on. Like, it's nothing personal. I don't hate any player. I am just saying like this, what I saw and he needs to improve this. It's not, it's not hating. It's just more so like an observation yeah, yeah. Um, I think like a good parallel that I think hopefully a lot of our, our listeners are into baseball as well is um, Brandon Belt on the San Francisco Giants. Um, a lot of people hate per se on him, but it's nothing personal. You know, they just want the guy to do better. If Brandon yeah. Belt comes up to bat this season and hits a grand slam, the people that don't like him are still going to be happy that he did it because right. they're rooting for the giants. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback this season, I'm going to be behind him and I'm going to be all yes. in and I'm going to want him to do well. I'm not going to be actively rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo to fail just so I can say, Oh, I was right for wanting to find an upgrade last off season. That would be completely idiotic. Like, like you said, we are 49ers fans, not 
not Jimmy Garoppolo haters, you know? So I think, um, and I think that's what a lot of people reacted to. That's how a lot of people reacted to that on the timeline was the same sentiment as you. Like I'm a, I'm a 49ers fan. I, I will be here, you know, no matter who is the quarterback, just like I've been here my whole life. Um, through the good and the bad, through the good, so much bad. So you can't tell shit. (laughs) And, and the response to that was people saying like, there are people that just talk bad about his life and him as a person. And I don't know about you, but I don't know. I don't personally know anyone that has gone after him as a person. It's all related. I haven't seen that. Even some of the meaner stuff, you know, um, it's not talking about him as a person, you know, that, that, that person just doesn't think he's the best quarterback, you know, it's not personal. So I think at the end of the day, everyone just needs to remember that they are 49ers fans. We are all 49ers fans and we are in this together, whether we're in the Super Bowl or we go through four quarterbacks in a, a season. So, <laughs> right. Um, before we, before we sign off for this episode, I, this is so embarrassing, but I want to be transparent with our viewers. I want to be transparent with you. And I have a confession. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> what did you do? Dude, it's so stupid. Like, I don't even want to say it, but I was like, you know what? You're just going to say it. Maybe someone will think it's funny, but probably everyone's going to think you're an idiot. So on our first episode, God, I don't want to. On our what? first episode. What happened? We, it's, you're going to die. We talked about the first jersey that we owned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I am in – okay, our our listeners might, like, grow to know this as time passes, but sometimes, like, parts of my brain just disappear. <laughs> I just, like, oh, I can relate I just, to that. I can like, relate to that. And, and when you're live on a mic, you, like, just forget things, you know? Yeah. Dude, my first – 49ers jersey was a Colin Kaepernick jersey oh not, okay not a Jimmy G- like wh- what in what like psycho land was I living in that I forgot about that <laughs> like I literally wear it all the time like I think I just the fact that he's been like blackballed and like ostracized from the organization I'm just like and interlock and interlock <laughs> that is on the record by the way um yeah I just forgot so I just wanted to throw that out there like you can come for my head. I'm an idiot sandwich. Um, but I no, love that I, this is great news. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it like is relieved. Great I'm relieved for you. Yes. <laughs> but like, how, how did I forget that? Like what? I don't even, I was sober when we recorded that too. That's the thing. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, so my apologies. Um, so yeah, this is episode two of the 49 Carats podcast. We thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we are available on pretty much any streaming platform for podcasts. So Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I don't even know all of the podcasts <laughs> platforms, but we are on all of them. So make sure to subscribe, leaving, leave us a rating if you'd like. I think yeah. that will help us. Um, so we'd appreciate that. And just let us know what you want to hear next episode, um, feedback on this episode. And I'm Angelina Martin and we had a lot of fun. And I'm Steph Sanchez. Once again, my Twitter is at Stragosaurus, S-T-R-A-G-O-Saurus. I'm at Angie Sunshine with three E's on the Angie. Also be sure to follow our podcast at 49k pod and go ahead and give 49ers goldmine a follow while you're at it. It's at 49ers goldmine and our website is 49ersgoldmine.com. All right. Well, we will see you guys in a month. We're looking forward to it. Or less. Who knows? We might be feeling fancy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're signing off. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace.